0: Le'olam V'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. We are in the midst of something called the 10 Days of Awe, and it's the 10 days connecting the Feast of Trumpets, which began on September 19th, Shabbat, and it goes all the way out to Day of Atonement or Yom Kippur, September the 28th, which is a Monday. So we're in the midst of the 10 Days of Awe. This time is known as when the courts of heaven are in session. The God of the universe, the God of Israel, is hearing the matter evidence is being brought to court the king is in the field and so this is a time when the gates of heaven are open our petitions and our prayers are being intently listened to by our king this is a time of repentance teshuvah a time to do inner reflection and introspection and to ask the Holy Spirit to search our hearts to reveal any waywardness any sin any darkness that we're not aware of that we don't see so we can come before him with clean hands and a pure heart as we take this time to repent to mikvah so to speak to get washed on the inside in preparation for Day of Atonement the holiest day on the biblical calendar um, this is that time, that season of preparation. After Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur, comes Sukkot, the season of our joy. And Sukkot um, is all about finishing the spiritual journey. And it's about the ingathering of the nations, and it's a time of great joy and celebration. It's eight days long, and this year on the calendar, it begins on Friday at sundown, October the 2nd, and Simchat Torah is on Sunday, October the 11th. Okay, let's get into our Torah portion and our reading for today. Let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation, and today we continue the Torah portion for the week, Hazinu, and it means give ear. Deuteronomy 32:43 to 52 Rejoice with him, you heavens, and let all the angels worship him. Rejoice with his people, you nations, and let all the angels be strengthened in him, for he will avenge the blood of his servants. He will take revenge against his enemies. He will repay those who hate him and the land for his people. So Moses came with Joshua, son of Nun, and recited all the words of this song to the people. When Moses had finished reciting all these words to the people of Israel, he added, Take to heart all the words of warning I have given you today. Pass them on as a command to your children, so they will obey every word of these instructions. These instructions are not empty words. They are your life. By obeying them, you will enjoy a long life in the land you will occupy when you cross the Jordan River. That same day, the Lord said to Moses, Go to Moab, to the mountains east of the river, and climb Mount Neba, which is across from Jericho. Look out across the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to the people of Israel as their own special possession. Then you will die there on the mountain. You will join your ancestors, just as Aaron, your brother, died on Mount Hor and joined his ancestors. For both of you betrayed me with the Israelites at the waters of Meribah, at Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin you failed to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel there so you will see the land from a distance but you may not enter the land i am giving to the people of Israel isaiah 43:14 to 45:10 this is what the lord says your redeemer the holy one of israel for your sakes I will send an army against Babylon, forcing the Babylonians to flee in those ships they are so proud of. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's Creator and King. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves, and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candlewick. But forget all of that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me, the jackals and the owls too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers and the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself, and they will someday honor me before the whole world. But, dear family of Jacob, you refuse to ask for my help. You have grown tired of me, O Israel. You have not brought me sheep or goats for burnt offerings. You have not honored me with sacrifices, though I have not burdened and wearied you with requests for grain offerings and frankincense. You have not brought me fragrant calamus or pleased me with the fat from sacrifices. Instead, you have burdened me with your sins and wearied me with your faults. I, yes I alone, will blot out your sins for my own sake, and will never think of them again. Let us review the situation together, and you can present your case to prove your innocence. From the very beginning, your first ancestors sinned against me. All your leaders broke my laws. That is why I have disgraced your priests. I have decreed complete destruction for Jacob and shame for Israel. But now, listen to me, Jacob, my servant, Israel, my chosen one. The Lord who made you and helps you says, Do not be afraid, O Jacob, my servant, O dear Israel, my chosen one, for I will pour out water to quench your thirst and to irrigate your parched fields. And I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your children. They will thrive like watered grass, like willows on a riverbank. Some will proudly claim, I belong to the Lord. Others will say, I am a descendant of Jacob. Some will write the Lord's name on their hands and will take the name of Israel as their own. This is what the Lord says, Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord of Heaven's armies, Yahweh Savayot. I am the first and the last. There is no other God who is like me. Let him step forward and prove to you his power. Let him do as I have done since ancient times when I established a people and explained its future. Do not tremble. Do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim my purposes for you long ago? You are my witnesses. Is there any other god? No, there is no other rock, not one. How foolish are those who manufacture idols. These prized objects are really worthless. The people who worship idols don't know this, so they are all put to shame. Who but a fool would make his own god, an idol that cannot help him one bit? All who worship idols will be disgraced, along with all these craftsmen, mere humans, who claim they can make a god. They may all stand together, but they will stand in terror and shame. The blacksmith stands at his forge to make a sharp tool, pounding and shaping it with all his might. His work makes him hungry and weak. It makes him thirsty and faint. Then the woodcarver measures a block of wood and draws a pattern on it. He works with chisel and plane and carves it into a human figure. He gives it human beauty and puts it into a little shrine. He cuts down cedars. He selects the cypress and the oak. He plants the pine in the forest to be nourished by the rain. Then he uses part of the wood to make a fire. With it, he warms himself and bakes his bread. Then, yes, it's true, he takes the rest of it and makes himself a god to worship. He makes an idol and bows down in front of it. He burns part of the tree to roast his meat and to keep himself warm. He says, Ah, that fire feels good. Then he takes what's left and makes his god a carved idol. He falls down in front of it, worshipping and praying to it. Rescue me, he says. You are my god. Such stupidity and ignorance. Their eyes are closed and they cannot see. Their minds are shut and they cannot think. The person who made the idol never stops to reflect why it's just a block of wood I burned half of it for heat, and used it to bake my bread and roast my meat. How can the rest of it be a god? Should I bow down to worship a piece of wood? The poor, deluded fool feeds on ashes. He trusts something that can't help him at all. Yet, he cannot bring himself to ask, Is this idol that I'm holding in my hand a lie? Pay attention, O Jacob, for you are my servant, O Israel. I, the Lord, made you, and I will not forget you. I have swept away your sins like a cloud. I have scattered your offenses like the morning mist. O, return to me, for I have paid the price to set you free. Sing, O heavens, for the Lord has done this wondrous thing. Shout for joy, O depths of the earth. Break into song, O mountains and forests and every tree. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob and is glorified in Israel. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer and Creator. I am the Lord who made all things. I alone stretch out the heavens. Who was with me when I made the earth? I expose the false prophets as liars and make fools of fortune tellers. I cause the wise to give bad advice, thus proving them to be fools. But I carry out the predictions of my prophets. By them I say to Jerusalem, people will live here again. And to the towns of Judah, you will be rebuilt. I will restore all your ruins. When I speak to the rivers and say, dry up, they will be dry. When I say of Cyrus, he is my shepherd, he will certainly do as I say. He will command, rebuild Jerusalem. He will say, restore the temple. This is what the Lord says to Cyrus, his anointed one, whose right hand he will empower. Before him, mighty kings will be paralyzed with fear. Their fortress gates will be opened, never to shut again. This is what the Lord says. I will go before you, Cyrus, and level the mountains. I will smash down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. And I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness, secret riches. I will do this so you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, the one who calls you by name. And why have I called you for this work? Why did I call you by name when you did not know me? It is for the sake of Jacob, my servant, Israel, my chosen one. I am the Lord. There is no other God. I have equipped you for battle, though you don't even know me. So all the world from east to west will know there is no other God. I am the Lord and there is no other. I create the light and make the darkness. I send good times. And bad times. I, the Lord, am the one who does these things. Open up, O heavens, and pour out your righteousness. Let the earth open wide so salvation and righteousness can sprout up together. I, the Lord, created them. What sorrow awaits those who argue with their creator? Does a clay pot argue with its maker? Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it, saying, Stop! You're doing it wrong. Does the pot exclaim, How clumsy can you be? How terrible it would be if a newborn baby said to its father, Why was I born? Or if it said to its mother, Why did you make me this way? Ephesians 3, 1-21 When I think of all of this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Yeshua for the benefit of you Gentiles, assuming, by the way, that you know God gave me the special responsibility of extending His grace to you Gentiles. As I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. As you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Yeshua. God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now, by his Spirit, he has revealed it to his holy apostles and prophets. And this is God's plan, both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body, and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Yeshua. By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving Him by spreading this good news. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, He graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them. In Yeshua, I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom and its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Yeshua, our Lord. Because of Yeshua and our faith in Him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I am suffering for you, so you should feel honored. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the Creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from His glorious unlimited resources, He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Yeshua through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Psalm 68, 1-18 Rise up, O God, and scatter your enemies. Let those who hate God run for their lives. Blow them away like smoke. Melt them like wax in a fire. Let the wicked perish in the presence of God. But let the godly rejoice. Let them be glad in God's presence. Let them be filled with joy. Sing praises to God and to his name. Sing loud praises to him who rides the clouds. His name is the Lord. Rejoice in his presence. Father to the fatherless, defender of widows, this is God, whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. But he makes the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. O God, when you led your people out from Egypt, when you marched through the dry wasteland, the earth trembled and the heavens poured down rain before you, the God of Sinai. Before God, the God of Israel, you sent abundant rain, O God, to refresh the weary land. There your people finally settled, and with a bountiful harvest, O God, you provided for your needy people. The Lord gives the word, and a great army brings the good news. Enemy kings and their armies flee, while the women of Israel divide the plunder. Even those who lived among the sheepfolds found treasures doves with wings of silver and feathers of gold. The Almighty scattered the enemy kings like a blowing snowstorm on Mount Zalman. The mountains of Bashan are majestic, with many peaks stretching high into the sky. Why do you look with envy, O rugged mountains, at Mount Zion, where God has chosen to live, where the Lord himself will live forever? Surrounded by unnumbered thousands of chariots, the Lord came from Mount Sinai into his sanctuary. When you ascended to the heights, you led a crowd of captives. You received gifts from the people, even from those who rebelled against you. Now the Lord God will live among us there. Proverbs 24, 1-2 Don't envy evil people or desire their company, for their hearts plot violence and their words always stir up trouble. Today, I'd like to speak to you from Isaiah chapter 44 and 45 and then make a really cool connection to our Brit Hadashah reading from Ephesians chapter 3. But let's start in Isaiah chapter 44, verse 28, and this is the Cyrus prophecy. So the Bible really shows us that it is God-inspired and did not come from man's thinking, but every word came from the very mind and heart of God because of such stunning and stellar prophecies that are very, very detailed. In Isaiah chapter 44, verse 28, it is written, When I say of Cyrus, he is my shepherd, he will certainly do as I say. He will command, rebuild Jerusalem. He will say, restore the temple. So this was written many, many years in advance, ahead of time. And then years and years and years later, Cyrus, the king of Persia, who overthrew uh, King Darius and the existing medo Medes, and he became the new head of that region um, over Babylon. He overthrew Babylon. And the Medo-Persians took over the region that was once Babylon. And so Cyrus did give the command to rebuild Jerusalem and to restore the temple. We can read about this in Ezra and Nehemiah. Both Nehemiah chapter 1 and Ezra, this gives an account of how King Cyrus gave the command that the Jews who were living in exile in Babylon could now return to Israel and rebuild the temple. So the Babylonian Empire was overthrown. The Persian Empire came in. King Cyrus is the head of the Persian Empire. And so the Bible predicted it in the scriptures, and it did come to pass. Continuing on in Isaiah chapter 45, verse 1, this is what the Lord says to Cyrus, his anointed one, whose right hand he will empower. Before him, mighty kings will be paralyzed with fear, Their fortress gates will be opened, never to shut again. So God is the one who installed Cyrus and gave him that power to overthrow other kings and kingdoms. Now here's the verse I want to zoom in on that has a connection to the New Testament. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 3. I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness, secret riches, I will do this so you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, the one who calls you by name. What is this treasure hidden in the darkness? What is this secret riches that he is talking about? Well, we're going to find out more about that now in Ephesians chapter three in verse eight. Paul writes, Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles, that is the non-Jews, about the endless treasures available to them in Yeshua. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. So the treasure that's been hidden, that's been in a dark place, is the revealing and the unveiling of Yeshua the Messiah. All the treasures of God are hidden in him. The Torah itself is likened to treasure, buried treasure, hidden treasure, kind of like treasure that's buried in a cave, filled with gold and silver and emeralds and rubies and diamonds and all and. All kinds of treasure. This is the Torah. The Torah is treasure. And Yeshua is the treasure. He is the Torah that was made flesh. And when we invite Yeshua to live and dwell in our heart, thou all the treasure that was granted and given to Yeshua becomes available to us. The treasure of the Word of God is revealed to us. So every day we can go treasure hunting. The treasure is something you have to seek for and look for. It's not on the surface, just laying on the ground. You have to dig for it. And when you do, you do find treasure. You can dig by doing study, by cross-referencing verses, by doing a word study of a particular word to see what it means in the Hebrew, to see what the sowed meaning is, and uh, lots of different ways to dig out the treasure. So that's my thought for the day for you to think about and reflect on and meditate on is seek the treasure of Yeshua. He is within you. He dwells within you. And all the riches of God the Father are in him and in the Torah, in the word of God. It's so happy treasure hunting and may you be blessed and have a blessed day.